Welcome. Thank you all for coming out tonight. We just want to thank everybody that showed up yesterday to help clean up the rest of the camp for the, the groups that are coming in this um, starting this next week. We just appreciate it. Amen. We're just going to sing this song. Worthy is the lamb that was slain. Amen. Worthy is the lamb who was slain. Holy, holy is he. Oh, sing a new song. much. Oh God, you've made a way when there was no way. Oh Jesus, 
Because of who you are, I will lift my hands. I will lift my heart, hallelujah, and I will sing my love to you, amen. Let's just lift Jesus' name up to him tonight. He enjoys our worship, amen. Oh, because of who you are, I will lift my hands. I
prayer. Brother Gary St. John, could I ask you to open up a word of prayer? We just want to remember our sister Janelle, who went through back surgery on Wednesday. Um, everything went well with the surgery, and we just ask God that he would just um, have a speedy recovery with that. Amen. to be here tonight. Amen. Let's just pray. Lord, it's just so good to be here tonight, Lord. Lord, the song we started out with, you knew me and you loved me still. Lord, you're so precious to us. So faithful, Lord, when we fail you, Lord, you're still by our side, Lord grateful for the service tonight, Lord, for your presence, Lord, that we can already feel amongst us, Lord. Thankful for your healing, for your promises, for your mercy, for your guidance in our lives, Lord Jesus. We just want to lift you up and thank you for that tonight, Lord. Thank you for the word that will come forth tonight, Lord. We already in expectation for, Lord, to feed each one, Lord. We all come with needs tonight, Lord Jesus. We all have desires, Lord. We all want to raise higher, Lord God. Lord, we just thank you, Lord, for the healing that took place in the sister's life already. Lord, we just thank you, Lord, for the musicians. Lord, for the word that will come forth. Lord, for Brother Murphy being here, the sacrifices that he's made, that his family's made, Lord. Lord, we remember the believers in Bible way, Lord, as they're listening tonight, Lord, we just... We miss them, Lord. We miss their fellowship, Lord. We miss our family, Lord. We just pray, Lord, you just give a special visitation to us tonight, Lord Jesus. Speak to us, Lord. We have many needs, Lord. Lord, we just ask, Lord, you'd bless the remainder of the service, Lord, in each one. In Jesus' name we ask it. Amen. Amen. You may have your seats. We'll just sing that chorus one more time. It's Brother Andrew. He has a special for us. Oh, now I'm giving my life away. service um if we could have a few brothers help we have to stack up all the chairs and then move um just a few chairs from the the green chapel up there or the little chapel um just after the service so um if you could just be with uh, meet with brother doug or brother jeff um that'd be awesome thank you
Let's just stand and sing, Welcome Holy Spirit, we are in your presence. Welcome Holy Spirit, oh, we are in minutes. Uh, uh, I usually don't do this, but uh, this is very unusual time for me. Uh, come uh, across the border to uh, meet with uh, every one of you and uh, have a, a wonderful service uh, with the young people and then on Sunday as well. And uh, But I enjoyed the most of this, uh, all the fellowships uh, uh, with you. Uh, I just talked with Brother Thomas that, uh, you know, the fellowships are just marvelous. I just uh, really, really uh, enjoyed it. And uh, the fellowship is great, but the food is just too much. And uh, I'm glad I brought my elastic pants so I can uh, I can still cross the border, go home uh, safely. Uh, but just uh, I just want to say uh, uh, to everyone of you, uh, thank you, thank you, thank you. Uh, I don't have a word to just express how I felt, uh, uh, you know, cross the border to be with every one of you. Uh, to go uh, into uh, some of your homes that uh, you open up and um, uh, receiving me and entertain me and we go to the restaurant to, the, uh, to eat and to fellowship together. It just means uh, so much to me. And um, the, the fellowship I haven't been experiencing for a long time, not just because uh, the COVID uh, that we cannot fellowship, but it's just the quality of the fellowship. I just haven't enjoyed it for a very long time. And um, uh, you know, before long, just a few minutes, we started talking about our life and things, and then we started to go into 
the scriptures going to the uh, uh, the spiritual conversation. Uh, I I just love that. You know, to me, this is almost just like a heavenly to me. And uh, thank you for all of your uh, hospitality. And uh, I'll bring this uh, back home. Uh, I also heard that uh, they said the um, uh, border going to uh, be start to loosen up uh, uh, quite a bit. So uh, our our face is not uh, on the trust and on what does the government say, but uh, our face is on what the Lord has prepared for me, for us. He knows exactly what we needed, and He knows exactly when uh, this board is going to be open that we're going to get together and worship together. And I just uh, thank you so much for. Uh, all of your um, um, hospitality and so your uh, your great fellowship and your love to the Lord. Um, as I was talking with you, uh, I told um, my wife, I said, you know, you just don't feel any disconnection. There's no uh, distance uh, whatsoever. And so everything, it just like, uh, I almost feel just like I haven't seen you yesterday. And I just come to see you today. And I'm just uh, such a seamless uh, connection uh, with uh, each other. And um, I also understand that you have a, a, a had to put a great sacrifice and to come in over here uh, each Sunday and uh, sometime it is Wednesday when this is open. Uh, I just pray, may the Lord greatly bless you. And He knows all our suffering. And he knows every trial that we went through. And that, uh, all we uh, you, you're thinking about the one split seconds. When we cross it all over and we'll look at it back, we said everything is worth it. And we're just so thankful to the Lord. And uh, if you don't mind, I'll just invite you to uh, stand and maybe we just go to the scripture. Um, thank you, Brother Ryan and all the musician Andrew. That was a marvelous song. Thank you so much. And uh, to uh, see it, all of you, like the, uh, just part of this body and still... Although uh, we separated, but it's still like a while all over the machine and just running and running. Just keep uh, everyone getting closer to the uh, to the Lord. It just thrills my heart. Uh, let's uh, turn to a uh, book of uh, Gospel of Luke, chapter uh, seven. Gospel of Luke, chapter seven. read from uh, verse 2 but just before we read and maybe we can just bow our head at it again our dear heavenly father lord how we thank you lord thank you for this wonderful wonderful called the bride of jesus christ lord you have protected each one here you have to kept them during the all this uh, year and a half uh, probably even longer lord and many things uh, we probably cannot even uh uh, understand or to know just in a sh- such a short period of time. But Lord, we understand everything is in your perfect will. Yes, Lord. No matter what we're going through, Lord, we know that uh, you said you know your thought toward us is not a thought of evil, but a thought of a peace, Lord, to give us an expected end. Maybe it's not what we expected, but for sure it is you expected. Lord, I just was thinking about uh, even just walking this camp. Lord, uh, how how do we know 
uh, what we're going to have uh, today, uh, many years ago, when our pastor has a vision, want to have this place to have uh, each family can uh, come in here to fellowship, they can enjoy your presence, they can have a summer and a winter camp, but Lord, uh, we never know it's going to be also for this purpose. Lord, is it taken that a man that has the vision, which you give it to him? Lord, where have we been forever so thankful, Lord? Because you have used our pastor to make the decision to purchase this place so that your children can have a literary retreat. Your children can have a place that they can enjoy, can sitting together to worship you, to sing songs. Lord, when the outside world is getting locked down and becoming impossible, we thank you, Father. Lord, I just pray you to give us a time of a fellowship in your word. And may your presence just draw nigh unto us as we are open up to the scripture. It take God himself to explain the scripture to us. It take God himself to reveal himself that in the reality way to us. Oh God, I just pray you to speak to it, our heart to it again. That's all we want to hear. It's not a man's word, but Lord, we want to hear you speaking. One word from you will suffice us. Father, we give you all the glory and ask you in Jesus' name. Amen. Uh, book of Luke chapter 7, verse 2. And a certain centurion's servant who was uh, dear unto him was sick and ready to die. And when he heard of Jesus... He said unto him, the elders of the Jews, beseeching him that he would come and heal his servants. And when they came to Jesus, they besought him instantly, saying that he was worthy for whom he should do this. For he loveth our nation, and he has built us a synagogue. Then Jesus went with them, and when he was now not far from the house, the centurion sent friends to him, saying unto him, Lord, trouble not thyself, for I am not worthy that thou should enter under my roof. Wherefore, neither thought I myself worthy to come unto thee, but say in the word, and my servant shall be healed. For I also am a man set under authority, having under me soldiers, and I say unto, and I say unto one, go, and he goes, and to another come, and he cometh. And to my servant do this, and he does it. When Jesus heard these things, he marveled at him, and turned him about, and said unto the people that followed him, I say unto you, I have not found so great faith, no, not in Israel. And they that were sent to return to the house from the servant whole that had been sick. And let's turn to uh, uh, Malachi 4. Uh, I will say probably this is the most uh, 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 familiar scripture. Malachi 4, 5 and 6. And this is uh, pertaining to our age in this hour. Malachi 4, 5. Behold, I will send you Elijah the prophet before the coming of the great and dreadful day of the Lord. And he shall turn the heart of the fathers to the children and the heart of the children to their fathers, lest I come and smite the earth with a curse. May the Lord bless his word you may be seated. You know, when I meet you all, I just almost feel like a little kid went into the toy store 
and uh, to uh, just find so many. Uh, uh, my heart just is just so excited by just by seeing you. Uh, but uh, I just pray the Lord uh, in the future grant that it's time again to meet you, meet each, uh, each other. Um, I want to speak at a subject um, uh, worthy for the word uh, in this hour and worthy for the word uh, in this hour. So when we just read to the, the scripture, uh, Malachi 4 there, God said, uh, behold, I will send you Elijah the prophet. And uh, it's, uh, it's not a man sent this prophet to us, but it's God himself sent this as a prophet. And he sent this Elijah the prophet specifically to you and me. And it has your name marked on it. When God said that I send you, he will send you personally. So it's not some denominational doctrine sort of word that it ascended to you. But it's the specific spirit of God, God ascended it to you. It's not that he said, I send the Holy Ghost to you. No, he said, I send Elijah the prophet to you. That means in that Holy Ghost, there is a certain aspect there's a certain characteristic of that Holy Spirit and God just specifically prepared for this age, for this hour, for each one of us. So when he said, I'll send you Elijah the prophet before the coming of the great and dreadful day of the Lord. And he said, he shall turn the heart of the fathers to the children and to the heart of the children to their father. So, uh, when we're talking about uh, the heart, the last time I was speaking uh, on about uh, the altar, uh, I would like just to continue a little bit uh, on this before we go into uh, the subject. Um, um, you know, when we talk about uh, the heart, that is the inner person. That is, uh, uh, that is, uh, the nature. That is the mind. There's, uh, the thoughts. Um, and today in the original word, they also they said that there's a passion and there's a desire. There was a many things aspect that are in the heart. But all in all is talk about the real you. That is the inner man that is the inside of each person. So when the Lord says, uh, he shall turn the heart. Uh, it, it's not that as what we're uh, talking about, that, okay, uh, let God turn our heart. Before God can turn our heart, you must be accept and recognize the specific way God turn your heart. Without recognizing it, your heart won't be turned. And no matter how sincere you are, your heart won't be turned. No matter how sincere you go to church, how many times you go to church, your heart won't be turned unless you recognize the specific characteristic that God for us, for this hour, because he said very clearly, I will send you Elijah, the prophet. He shall turn your heart. So if you go all the other way without a go-to, he shall turn the heart. Your heart will be still blind. Your heart will be still darkened. You must recognize he what specifically God sent his uh, uh, part, uh, his uh, specific uh, character of his Holy Spirit to us. And when we recognize that and we receive that, then our heart can be turned. So I think God, when He do things, He do very specifically. There's not a thousand, uh, what is the English word? Every road to go to Rome? Uh, every path to go to Rome? Or there's a thousand road to go to Rome or whatever. It's not. There's only one way. There is only one way you can approach God. 
And God specifically told us in this hour what he will do. So when he said he shall turn the heart, then that, that means we cannot turn our heart. We cannot just say, you know, I better get myself uh, together. Uh, I'm going to be more sincere. I'm going to turn a new leaf of the page. You are not going to do it. It's not that you try to say, that, I'm going to make an effort, try to get closer to God. No. He said, I, He shall turn your heart. As everything is hinged on Him. It must be Him, Him to do this work. So it's not you try to change your mind or we try to change our heart. It must be Him that is to turn the heart of His children. So him and he said, he said that is Elijah, he will turn the heart of the children. And so the one God sent to Elijah that attuned us, and we all know the prophet in this hour, the brother Branham, and only that he possessed the ability. There's a something that he possessed that he uh, he has that that can turn the people's heart and the back to the Father. And he must also show that in the believer or in the children, they can only be turned by this type of a ministry. And he also showed that in the believer, that they have something that inside of them, when they can be go through all the denomination, can go through. The other day we have a wonderful fellowship with Brother Terry and then the uh, Brother Terry to share that about that he was uh, coming from the theology uh, school. I think the Brother Mark uh, as well. And um, uh, the, what uh, they do that in the church over there. And uh, all the books that, that he has read. I was thinking about Brother Terry. Uh, all of those. Every book that you read. Every theology that you have. Every uh, church service that we go but still cannot turn the heart. It might be can turn our head. It might be can turn uh, our way of thinking. It might be can turn a person into the mission field, dedicate themselves, sacrifice themselves. There is some even giving their life, but a heart cannot be turned because only this ministry can turn the people's heart. All the rest of them cannot be turned. Why? Because inside of you, there is a specific craving. That only this ministry can satisfy that. That in the believer, there's attributes that's inside of them. All the book cannot satisfy them. All the school cannot satisfy them. All the debates cannot satisfy them. All the going to the church cannot satisfy them. It must be the Elijah in this hour. This type of a ministry that can turn the heart of the children. Because of when specifically Elijah have that type of a ministry, God ordained the children of God or the brothers and sisters in this hour that inside of them, that they have a certain hunger, certain craving that only Him can satisfy. That's the one that God has sent to us. There's no other way that a person's heart can be changed but by this ministry. Because inside of you, there is a seed of God laid in there. But when we talk about a seed of God, we must understand the seed of God also varies from a different age. 
the seed of a God is not just so. We generally speaking, everyone is a, a seed of a God. Yes, everyone is the seed of a God. Martin Luther time, Wesley's time, Pentecostal time, different age. They all have the seed of a God. But a specific age, when we talk about the seed of a God, that seed has a specific character that lays it in them. And that when that character lays in that seed, you will find out no matter what come, no other things can quicken that seed. But only the light in this hour can quicken that seed. So they become a funnel down now, become a narrow down. Every, uh, there is a many we call them the seed of God. But at a certain age, when the seed of God, when it comes into the certain time, is only certain word can satisfy that seed. Can only certain ministry can quicken that seed. No other uh, the doctrines of the denomination or all kinds of um, uh, the word has been in the preaching, but none of them can quicken that seed. But only the word in this hour can quicken that seed. Without the word in this hour, that seed will never be quickened. And that seed can only recognize that word in that hour. Because it's like a two and two coming to match. If the word doesn't, uh, if the seed doesn't see that word, the seed will never be quickened. He can never go take a hold of that word because there is something lacking that's in there. And then it also, that we know that God said, I, he said, he shall turn the heart of the father to the children and to the heart of the children to the father. And that the seed who is ordained in that hour to receive the word. It's not that all of a sudden one day uh, you are somehow, uh, you wake up, you, you see the word. No, you're ordained to believe the word. If God ordained the center of the prophet, then there must be a certain group of people is predestinated in that time to receive the word. You cannot even defeat that purpose yourself. No church, no nothing can defeat that purpose. Because inside of you lays that attribute that you can believe the word of God. And so when God sent this as a prophet, and in the book of Revelation chapter 10, 7, and I think it is another scripture that we're very familiar with, but in the days of the voice of the seventh angel, when he shall begin to sound, the mystery of a God should be finished as he has declared to his servants the prophet. God sent this as a prophet to finish the mystery that in this hour. That means all the probing is over. And all the unsettled uh, arguments is over. And all the things that was not sure now can be assured. Everything that was not confirmed that in the, in the past age, but now God come down to confirm that. And that ministry become a vindicated ministry to show that the mystery of God in this hour is all finished. And when God said is it all finished, that's something he turned your heart to. He cannot turn your heart to something that's unsettled because there will be a doubt in there. He cannot turn you to something that was still is a mystery. How can you believe? You cannot. But he must turn your heart to something that is already done, already finished, accomplished. It's sealed. It's done. It's a done deal. There's no argument about it. 
There's a no unclearness in it about it. That's why he vindicated his ministry in such a way. So that is the children, when they saw that all the other people were thinking this is a goal. But for them, they said that this is a finished work. This is something God coming down to vindicate it. This is something that God coming down to put a seal on it. So this is, you can put your soul rested upon it. He didn't give us something that is halfway done. He gave us something that is completely finished. And when it said finished, that's the same word. When Jesus on the cross, he said, it is finished. And God sent us a ministry, thinking about it. He gave us the ministry. That ministry is that if I have a voice to speak to us, you will see it is finished. And that everything is finished. No wonder this is the last age that we're living in. Every mystery of God, the redemption plan, God has said it is finished. That's why we can put our soul upon that. You know, when I was in a, uh, in a, through self in the church, talk about a sincere. I probably is one of the most sincere person there. And we have a prayer meeting that in our, in our house, and to the every service after the morning service, and to the people just coming to my house, and we start to pray. We're not just pray five minutes, ten minutes. We pray an hour, two hours, three, four, five, sometimes even eight hours. We sometimes even pass it out because we're prayer, we're crying, we're asking for the Lord. But heart hasn't been turned. And we've been crying and we put it in the, the roll of a paper. It's all soaking with a tear because the people are hungry. People are thirsty. But there's no one can turn our heart. No matter how sincere that we are. No matter how much we pray. No matter how we give it ourselves to them. But in God, there must have one way to turn our heart. That is the word in this hour. But until I saw that word, then I know the mystery of God is finished. Then this is something I can put my faces on. This is something, it's not just a man's doctrine, but this is what I can put my soul, put my everything rested upon that. Because I know if this is the finished mystery that God has revealed to us, whatever I put it on there, God will receive it. So the prophets, that his duty is to turn. If his duty is to turn the heart of the children. If his duty is to turn the heart, that must be mean something has went wrong. Otherwise, there is no need for him to turn. If we said a word of predestinated the seed of a God, we'll say that it's not that the seed is wrong, but it's that the seed is just buried it in there, but it needs to be quickened. But when the quickened, whatever that's in that seed, that will be manifested. So in that seed, when the prophet was sent to turn the heart of the children back to the father, it must be there is something that is in that heart is not in that ought-to-be condition. Or the heart is not in its original condition. And it's been one off the beaten path, if I can see that. So then God sent it to the prophet, 
It's not just to give it another heart or so, but he want to turn that heart back to the original spoken word. That's why he gave us something that's administrated that the word has been fully vindicated so that you can turn your heart too. Because otherwise, your heart can be uh, changed. It can be, you know, I, I, I don't want to be the worldly again. I don't want to be a, a just a running around again. But where are you going to run to? You cannot just sort of let the person run out of from something without running into something. So he vindicated this word so that after our heart was turned, it can turn back to the right direction. And also let us remember when he said to turn the heart. It's not just to turn our knowledge. It's not just to turn our head. But it's to the heart that need to be turned. Is that the inner man need to be transformed? It's the mind, the focus, their goal that has to be turned. Not turn to the church doctrine, but turn back to the original spoken word. He wants us to turn back to thus says the Lord. And the prophet is not let us turn to a man. It's not let us turn to the prophet himself. But it turn ourselves to the original spoken word. If we're, uh, I was fellowshipping with some brothers, so when we're, uh, we're, we're talking about, uh, you know, when the prophet are going beyond the curtain of a time. And there was uh, the people that gather together. Oh, there was thousands of the thousands of the people that are run to the, the, the prophet and said, our precious brother, our precious brother. And then and afterward, and they, they all said, uh, uh, you know, we're so glad you're here. If you didn't go, we won't be here. And then uh, uh, the, all those um, uh, people that uh, when Brother Branham said, I want to see Jesus. Then they said, that, oh, he's a little higher. You can't see them. But when we, uh, when we come, we'll be judged uh, the, uh, by what we have been uh, preached. And then uh, he said, uh, does Paul's people has to be judged? And they said, yes. And they said, I preached exactly what Paul preached. Then the voice of the rise up before the vision going away said, we are resting upon that. Amen. It's not just our precious brother. It's not just that you don't go, that we won't be here. But our resting point is on what is the word that he has been preached. It's not an arresting on the relationship with the prophet, which we have none. It's not arresting on the relationship between each other, but an arresting on one thing that is a spoken word. It's that we're resting our soul on. And when Jesus has his ministry, when he manifested himself uh, in the characteristic to those uh, people, uh, to the Pharisees and the Israelites and everyone, but not every one of them can receive him. Only a few people can receive him. Because Jesus does not go for them. He's only for the certain group of people that God has predestinated. And in this hour, God do the same thing. When he sent it to the prophet, is to turn the children's heart back to the father. If you're not a children, then the heart won't be turned. But God sent it to the prophet, is to the children. It's not a to, the, to the people not to belong to them, though they can hear the word, but only the children's heart can be turned. No matter what situation they're laid in, but God has an ability to change them. 
God has the ability that he give it to the Elijah, the prophet, a wisdom of spoken word, then their heart can be changed. No matter how cursed the city that they're in, no matter how cursed the condition that they're in, but God said before the curse will be upon this earth, before I curse this earth, I will send the Elijah that he shall turn the heart of the children back to the father. And we're thinking about that there's some type over here. And we know that to the Jericho that it calls it a, is it a city that is accursed. And to the one, the rehab was there. Then it said, um, when the rehab was, uh, uh, he was uh, saved from the, uh, from the destruction. Then Joshua said, whoever built up the Jericho, uh, laid a foundation or laid a doorpost, that person will be, uh, accursed. And, uh, the whole Jericho that we find out that uh, it was uh, just, uh, Oh, God to put a curse on that place. And in that condition, and there's a people, we, we saw there's a, uh, just a, one person is called a Zacchaeus, that he is at a, uh, in that accursed city of the Jericho. But no matter how, what condition that he's in, but Jesus still can save him. No matter how cursed the situation that you are in, but God still sent it as Elijah to turn your heart back to the Father. Back to the faith, back to the original word that God has spoken or spoken of. Because only that will match with you. Only that will satisfy the seed that is the inside of a person. We see this as a kid, he went up to the tree and he wanted to see Jesus. And he climbed up uh, into the sycamore tree, want to see Jesus. I was thinking about it myself even. Maybe you can apply your situation in there. We probably climbing up a lot of things, try to see Jesus. And we probably climbing up the education, try to see Jesus. We try to climb it up, but maybe in a Bible school, we try to see Jesus with the good intention of it, but can never see them. Can never really receive it. Can never really be revealed. He's never revealed himself in that way. And we can go to the different things that when he try to uh, try to see Jesus, but you never saw them in that way. But it's the Jesus seeking Zacchaeus. It's not a Zacchaeus try to get Jesus, but Jesus already know where Zacchaeus is. If Jesus know where Zacchaeus is, Jesus also know where you are. You probably thinking that I'm in a nowhere place, but Jesus know where you are. You might be thinking of the children that are in a rebellious state, but Jesus know where they are. You might be thinking that you're in a condition that nobody cares, but Jesus know where you are. He even go into the cursed city. And went through that city. He got a specific purpose. There is a person that in that city that needs to be saved. And then when Jesus get under the tree, he said, Zacchaeus, come on down. I'm going to go with you to your house. You know, when Jesus coming to the house of a person, then his whole being is changed. It's when Jesus come into the inside of us, then our heart is turned. And then we saw there's a seat another person here at the Bartimaeus. Think about what a cursed condition that he's in. Inside of a cursed city. And he's a blind. And he can't see nothing. And there's something even more to that. Is it the book of, actually the book of Mark. It says, uh, and they came to Jericho as he went out of Jericho. In another word, Jesus 
go through, go in Jericho and go through Jericho. Here, oh, hey, hey, well, well, let's just say this way. He saved us as an idea, but Jesus now is going to leave. He's going to left this accursed city. And this blind person that in such a cursed city, himself that in that condition, he's going to miss it. But Jesus will never miss you. No matter what happened, Jesus will never going to miss the one predestinated seed. No matter how backward the same situation is. No matter how hopeless that seems that your children or mother or marriage or whatever that is. Jesus will never leave without saving you. Thinking about it, Jesus is going out of the city. He's on his way out. And Bartimaeus is blind. He cannot say to me, he doesn't know what to do. But God knows what to do. Even before Jesus leaving the city, that had accursed the condition that uh, Bartimaeus is at. But God still left it in the space for him to be saved. When he heard that that's a Jesus, when he heard all his forefathers that around, that he know it's a Jesus there, he started crying out. Jesus never heard his voice, but Jesus heard the voice of his face. And even the other people that are around the Bartimaeus, they ask him to shut up. But the more they ask him to shut up, the more he's crying out. Why he crying out? Because Jesus is living. Brothers and sisters, if there's never, if ever gonna be a time for us to cry in the house, this is the time for us to cry in the house. Cause he is living. But I want to make sure before he living, even in the cursed condition, most the hopeless, helpless condition. But Jesus is ascending to you, to your children, no matter what condition that they are in. He's not going to leave that it's the children in a cursed condition. He said, I will send the Elijah and he shall turn the heart. Lest I smite the doors with a curse. I was just thinking about what a power of this message that God has given to us. This message has such a power. Though, though maybe it, uh, we don't understand much. But his message had such a power that during this time, he can keep a person. Year and a half without going to church. And when I wanted coming back, I saw people still loving him. When we're fellowshiping around, the whole thing we can talk about is the word of a God. It's the word of a God. You don't see that in the world. You don't see that. People in the surviving mode. But when I come in here, I didn't saw people in the surviving mode. I heard a sister Hetty neighbor told me, said, Brother Murphy, don't worry about us. We're well fed. That's unthinkable. When I was talking with the Brother Terry, Sister Shy, Brother Mark and Sister Renee, and I see the eagerness on their face. Loving the word, talking about the word, and fellowshipping around, hearing a testimony. 
if just a raise up another hand and I'm like praising the, to the Lord. I said, Lord, he shall turn the heart of the children. And let me say this, he has turned the heart of the children. When a heart is turned, then it will never be turning back in it anymore. Who can do this? Only the word in this hour, quickening the heart, can do that. To share with you a good news. I don't know if I should have said that, if I would say that anyway. One of the brothers in China in jail, and it just released yesterday. Let me tell you the keeping power, the protecting power of a message in this hour. This is the message that God gave it to you. Why give it to you? Because only you can receive it. Because only you can craving it. Nobody else is craving it. But there is a pre-programmed code that is in your gene that is specifically craving for this type of a message. As soon as the brother was released, the first thing he do, he opened up his Bible. He hasn't read the Bible for a year. He hasn't read a message for a year and a half. First thing he did, he go home with his dear wife. They only married about a year, and the husband was put in jail. And it opened up his Bible. It's almost like a long lost, long lost. I don't know. You call a friend or brother. I'll see. That's the bridegroom. And he opened up the Bible, start to read. And I just heard a testimony. And the other brother shared with me. You know what is the word that I read? That if the first I said it, it put it on. If the scripture, book of Hebrews thirteen twenty three, know ye that our brother Timothy is set as a liberty. Tear ran down from his eye. Who can tell me this God is not real? Who can tell me this God is not a comforter? Who can tell me this God is not a God had a keeping power? After a year and a half, there's no regret. There's no sorrow. The only thing he want to have, open up this is the Bible, start to read. And as soon as open up the Bible, God jump out of him the pages, said, know that our brother Timothy is set as a liberty. He shall turn the heart. When he turned, the heart can never be returned. When he turned, the heart can never be dismayed. When he turned, the heart can never be discomforted. When he turned, the heart can never be discouraged. When God turned, he makes sure it is a permanent. When God turned, he makes sure this is the done deal. He makes sure this is the finished. Just as the word he sent, he said the mystery of God will be finished when the seventh voice, seventh angel uttered his voice. When a brother sent me to the picture, the brother reading of the Bible reunited with his wife. It just happened in their face. You don't see any grudge. You don't see any bitterness. 
You don't see any complaint? That's the keeping power. That's the message that you received, Brother Ron. That's the message you received, Brother Jake. No matter what happens, and no matter how contrary seems like a situation is, is that you try to work yourself up to it? Is that you try to get yourself together? Is that you try to stop yourself from becoming crumbling? There's a keeping power that in this message, he shall turn the heart of the children back to the Father. Not back to the denomination, not back to the doctrine, not back to the knowledge, not back to the intellectual. But back to the mystery of a God has already been finished. Back to thus says the Lord. I remember when I first came into the message. I was seeking this. I was seeking that. Still have my, my mind. And I would be bothered by all those old things. I said, Lord, just give me the Holy Spirit. In my mind, I feel the Holy Spirit. As I can speak in a tongue. In my mind, I feel the Holy Spirit. It's like I can feel something that will drop on me. I was seeking, I was seeking. There was nothing there. And then even the flesh part of the play that into, I shared it with the young people. When people rise up, I try to rise up. But when people are going to the summer meeting, then the people are running and, the, and it was just, uh, uh, you know, just uh, the worship and everything. I don't feel the thing. But why? Why do they feel that? And then I said, Lord, if they feel that, I want to feel that too. And I started to rise up. I said, Lord, give me something. Yeah. And there was a flesh part of the planet into it. Yes, I'm running around. Yes, I raise up my hand. I do that. But God sold all of that. But he knows my heart. He knows my desire. He's afforded him. But he wouldn't let me just go for that as an answer. He wanted to let me know, I turn your heart to thus says the Lord. I'm going to turn your heart to the word in this hour so that your faith is not anchored on some emotion and some feeling. Though those things will come by, I want your faith to be anchored on the original father's faith. The original father's faith is only on the word in this hour. It must have turned the heart back to the message. That God has vindicated in this time. There's no denomination possessed that is a turning power that are to the children. No matter how many books that they give, no matter what's that to the man's idea ahead, maybe that's good as it'd be. But it cannot make the heart of the children to be turned. Because those things is not a God ordained for you to this hour. Your worthiness, your value is for the word in this hour. When God sends you the word... It must be you are worthy enough to receive that word. If the lamb has to took the book and to give it to you instead of others, you must be have the same equal value of that book. Otherwise, he cannot give it out to you. I think Brother Thomas is preaching on it just on the balance. 
If one is the word of a God on the other side of the balance, it must be have the equal weight, equal value, the equal worthiness that can receive that word. Otherwise, God wouldn't have said, I will send you Elijah the prophet. It must be you have the same value that with what he sent. Match up to what he has sent. That's why I said your worthiness is to receive the Elijah's ministry that in this hour. The church world is unworthy of you. And all the rest of them have no words of you. Because you only, only the message in this time is worthy that can match up with you. And even in the Hebrew 11.38, talk about those people that have a faith. The Bible said, of whom the world was not even worthy. The world doesn't worthy to have a people like that. Your worthiness is for the ministry that God has sent it to you in this time. And this is the only thing that you are worthy of. Let me go into this. Brother, in the book of Luke, chapter 7, that we saw there is a centurion that he got as a servant. That is a servant got sick and ready to die. And when he heard of Jesus, you know faith come by hearing. When he heard of Jesus, he know there's something can be done that in this condition. He know that he's a servant, that it can be healed if Jesus can come to him. So when he heard of that, and then he sent down to him the elders of the Jews, beseeching them, pleading, begging them, and said, go, let Jesus that come to my way. And when they came to Jesus, they besought him instantly saying, he said that he was worthy for whom he should do this. He said, for he loves our nation. He has built us a synagogue. That's what is the elders they were thinking about. In their worthiness, they're thinking, this man is worthy. Why it is worthy? Because he built us a synagogue. And he has done good things to our nations. That is what the elders and they're thinking that he is worthy. And then Jesus, when he heard that, Jesus won wisdom. Do you know that anything that you do, no matter how small it is, how big it is, it cannot go without a notice by God. You might be thinking, I'm just a small one. The things that I do, nobody even noticed it. But God noticed it. When you become a musician, he said, oh, that's just my part. But God noticed that. When you do the work beat and clean up the site over there, put some mulches on there, clean up the, uh, the, uh, the, the cut of the grass and everything, you said, oh, I'm just nobody knowing that. God knowing that. God never owe any people. No matter what you do for the kingdom of a God, it won't go without being noticed. I was just so blessed, Brother Ellie, the other day to have a fellowship with you. And I was, I heard that his brother shared that about uh, how the message that has been uh, going around in the Rwanda. 
In three years, in three years, they had an audio message translated 154. You probably didn't do very good math. 154 message. Each message, probably about two hours. Recording in the voice. And every year, they will have a 50th message. Be recorded that into voice. And every month, they had about four messages recorded into voice form. To me, that is a miracle. That's almost impossible can be done. And plus, they have a 318 message translated in the three years into text. That means that every year there's about a hundred message being translated into text. Every year. And every month you will have almost a 10 message to be translated. The fastest that the translator I ever encountered can only do about uh, one message or two, and more of uh, one and a half message for a week. And this is done just in the last three years. You know, it doesn't take a lot of great people to do that. It doesn't take like a have to be a pastor, have to be a minister with a great revelation to do that. It just takes a little young man. They're coming out from Rwanda. That is settled in Utah. Have no church over there. But his heart has been turned. His heart had a desire for the Lord. And to find that there is a church that in Canada. He cannot go to Canada. But the closest to the place that he can find is just in Washington State. He coming over here and across the border to listen to the service, to go to the attending the Sunday service and the, the Wednesday morning service, uh, Wednesday evening service, service after service. There's something changed in his heart. Something burning that in his heart. And there's something inside him, I must do something. My, I have this message, but my people need this message. And going back, just sharing with other people how the Lord was done to him. And to stir it up, and another person stir it up, and another person. Then a few sinners get together. In three years, this is all done. Not a one thing that you've done to the kingdom of a God without it being God himself and notice that. And it doesn't take the big people to do that. Just take something small member of this body. And when their heart been turned, their heart been burdened, they want to do something for the Lord. And look at what a great thing that has been done. And we saw this a centurion. When Jesus went with them. And when he was not. He was now not far from the house. Then a centurion sent to the friend. To him saying unto him. Lord trouble not thyself. For I am not worthy that thou should enter under my roof. Just as Jesus getting closer to the house. Something happened to this uh, centurion. Before he wanted Jesus to come to lay hands on his servants, 
so that his servants should be healed. But as Jesus draw nigh, draw closer to his house, something happened in his mind. He said, no, don't let him come to my house. Most of the time we're thinking, what a faith that is the centurion had. Because he said, you just speak the word. Then my servant will be healed. But if you read it carefully, first the thing that the centurion realized, that he said, I'm not worthy for you to come to my house. He never tell, he never said to the centurion, said, I feel the face search through me. I don't need you to come to my house. Lay hands on my servant. Just speak the word that he will be healed. No. He said, I'm not worthy for you to come to my house. Something happened to this centurion. And when Jesus is on this way, that are coming to him, want to lay hands, want to heal the servant. But something happened to him. All of a sudden, he feel, I'm not worthy for all of these things that have happened to me. Those people said, the centurion, you are worthy. Think about it, you're worthy because you built a synagogue for us. In another word, you built a church for us. You trade good to our own people. Then you have a mercy on our people. You've done the great thing to our people over here. You're worthy. But the centurion said, I'm not worthy. I'm not worthy that you're coming to my house. When Jesus starts to get closer to your house, you will feel how unworthy you are. Before you have an experience of him, before your heart had been turned, maybe you were thinking, oh, I'm worthy for this. I'm worthy for for the pastors to visit me. I'm worthy for them speaking this to me. I'm worthy for them to mention my name. I'm worthy this. I'm worthy that. But when Jesus started getting closer to you, you will start to find how unworthy that you are. You will start to find how filthy that you are. It's when Jesus is coming closer to me, I find how unworthy that I am. It's not how many messages I translate. It's not how many sermons that I preached. It's not how many audio messages I have recorded. I only see one thing. Lord, I'm not worthy for you to even come to me. And this is centurion. Then he come to the point. He said, I'm not worthy. That you should enter under my roof. When he was uh, started standing. When is Jesus getting closer. The first thing that revealed to him. He feels he felt his unworthiness. When he felt that his unworthiness. He know he's a Gentile. He know it is not worthy. For this great Messiah. That is coming to his house. But he also realized one thing. Though he's not worthy for him to come to his house. But he's worthy for one thing. He's worthy for the spoken word to speak to him. He's not worthy for him to come to his house. But he's worthy only for one thing. Say, Jesus, you don't need to come to my house. All you need to do, you just speak the word. I don't need any other things. 
My words in this is to build a church to do this, to do that. Nothing is worthy for you to come to me. But Lord, I'm worthy for one thing. Just speak the word. That's the thing I'm worthy for. You only need to speak the word to me. Lord, I was sick. Maybe I'm not worthy for you to do the miracle. But Lord, you just speak the word. That's what I'm worthy of. Lord, maybe I'm not worthy for you to give me the feeling. For you to show me a vision. To show me a dream. To do all of that. But Lord, one thing I'm worthy of. That's the spoken word. That is I'm worthy of. Just speak the word. That's all that he needs. This world might be thinking, you're not worthy even for a good job. You're not even worthy to get more money. But you know what you are worthy for? Worthy of? You're worthy for one thing. You're worthy for the word of a God to speak it to you. He doesn't speak that to anybody else. But he speaks that word directly to you. Because he said, I will send the Elijah unto you. This one is your word it off. This prophet ministry, that is your word it off. The world am I thinking that you are unworthy. They don't even think in a way you are worthy to open our church. But God said you are worthy for the spoken word that made it real to you. You're so worthy that God sent this as a prophet and sent it as a message to you that it can turn to the heart of the children the back to the Father. He led our heart to turn to the book that has been opened. And that's our worthiness. You're worthy for Him to take the book, to open the seal, then to give it to you. That is you worthy enough. Think about what a value that God has thinking about you, children of God. It's not that of the world, it's not what the people say, what is our words and it is. But you are worthy for the word in this hour. That word has such a value to it. But God said, you possess a seed that is in you, that you are worthy to have that word to speak into your heart. There is a certain specific character that in you that you can believe all the word. You're not to have the have the gene code is in you just to believe part of the word, but you have the gene the seed that is in you can believe every word of God that has been said. You know the outer age, the people is not worthy to have what you are reading. Which you are listening. All the other age. They're not having a, those are people that are in those age. They're not worthy to have what you have heard. They're not worthy to have the word that has spoken to you. Maybe they're worthy to be counted as a martyr. Maybe they're worthy to give their life. That are too. Like Paul. Like those are great martyrs. That are in the dark age. That some was a saw asunder. And some was uh, burned to the stake. But none of them is worthy like what you're worthy enough. 
Brother Branham said, try to do in God his service without being in the will of the God. He said that we notice God revealed his word in his own predestinated season. Now how could Martin Luther know about a message today? How could the Presbyterian, how could the Catholic Church know Martin Luther's message? How could John Wesley know Luther's message? How could Wesley know the Pentecostal message? Or how could a Pentecostal know this message? If I will say this, they're not worthy for the message that you are reading, that you have heard. God didn't reveal it to that. God also didn't predestinate that specific characteristic of the seed laid in them so that they can believe the word. But he predestinated you that can believe the whole word. Every word of a God that in this hour is that the mystery is finished. And then he give it to you. Why give it to you? Because only you are able to receive it. Only you are able to believe every word of a God has said. Because there is a certain character that in your seed can believe every word of a God. Do you know even that put a loser in this age, he couldn't believe what you believed? Even put a Western in in this age, he couldn't believe what you believed because God didn't predestinate that seed to have that believe every word that is in that seed, but you are predestinated. But if it puts you to loser's age, you will believe in justification. Because the word in this hour has a justification plus. This word in this hour said that you're never done in the first place. If it puts you in Luther's age, you will believe in justification. If it puts you back to Western's age, you will believe in Western's message. Because of sanctification in this message, and you can believe it. I put you back to the martyr's age, and you will do exactly like those people did. Brother Tom has a mention of the scripture. Let me read it again. Samaritan church age. He said the thousands of year, a thousand year, millions have died during old age. They died in the face. Like Antipas, the faithful martyr. They held not their life dear unto death. Often we think that is, would be almost impossible to be a martyr. But to dare to recall that the faith we daily use to triumphant in Christ Jesus is the same faith that upholds the Polycar and all the martyrs. You know why I put you to their age? You can believe. But put them in this age, they're not a predestinated to have that a specific aspect in them can believe what you believe. You are worthy for the word in this hour. But they're not even worthy to believe what you believe. But God revealed his book in this hour. that the lamb takes the book, open the seventh seal, then give it to you. Why? You have that value to believe every word of God to be the truth. That's your worthiness. Put you back to the martyr's age. You will do it exactly like that. That's why when I saw those brothers in China, they put in jail. That they can have no complaint, no bitterness. Then when they are coming out, the first thing they read is the precious word that they're having. That in there they saw the letter. They said, I'm coming here by the revelation of Jesus Christ. 
And he told to his wife, he said, don't you feel shame on me. And he told our boy, five years old, don't let him feel shame on me. I'm coming here by the word of God. I'm coming here by the perfect will of the Lord. Why? That's the same faith that's in the martyr's age. But that same faith is also content in this message. And it considered you as a worthy. You really saw the value that God has put it in you. It's not like the centurion. He built the church. He built the nation. That those Jewish elders were thinking. And he himself said the Lord. I'm not worthy of you coming to my house. But you just speak the word. I was thinking that. For some people that's the sake. Maybe you are not worthy. To see a vision sister Lisa. Maybe you are not worthy. To be such a miracle. That happened to you all of a sudden. Every cancer cells. Be eliminated. But you just say one thing. I'm worthy for no sin. I'm not worthy for those. But I'm worthy for one thing. You just speak a word. That I shall be healed. I'm worthy for the spoken word. That in this hour. Because the inside of me. Has the faith. That in that seed. That can receive every word of a God. You may be praying for your children. You may be praying day in, day out, day in, and night out. Service after service. It seems like nothing happened. Sometimes you even wonder that in your mind. But let me assure you. Brother Israel. Maybe we're not worthy for Jesus to coming down. That in the form that my eye can see. Maybe I'm not worthy that for my children that are coming to the house like a head right that the two children that are giving their heart that while the prophet was still speaking they give it out the heart. But Lord, I'm worthy for one thing. I'm worthy for you just speak the word that I know they shall be saved. Just speak the word. You and your house shall be delivered. That's what I believe. That's what I'm worthy in this. I'm not worthy, maybe to see vision. We're not worthy, maybe to see dreams, to see things that happen instantly, like the prophets. The time goes through the prayer line, just a cancer drop off of from the throat. But we're worthy for one thing. We're worthy for the spoken word that has revealed that in this hour. That's all. We needed a four. Let a musician come. I'll be Moses tonight. I'll let my people go. <laughs> but just as they come, let me read some. Uh, I love the, I probably love the most. I remember Brother Ken Andy one time quoted this, but I believe this is worthy to be quoted again. In Pergamon Church age, the members of the Virgin Bride will love him. Do you know English? 
the member of the virgin bride will love him. Let me change this. The members of the virgin bride have love to him. Because you say amen. Something inside of the bride, they want to say amen to every word of God. Even they don't understand it, still amen. Even they don't know it, still that is true. Why? It's not because of you. Your mind might dot it, but that a program, the gene code, the inside of you will shout it out. That's exactly the truth. And they will have as a potential. They have his potential. For he is their head. And all power belongs to him. It also belongs to you. Because he gave it to you. They are subject to him as the members of our bodies are subject to our head. It's not that the hand try to move. It's the head will move every hand. You're not your own head, but he is your head. Jesus never did anything until he was the first to show him by the Father. John 5, 19, this harmony is now to exist between the groom and his bride. He shows her his word of life. She receives it. She never doubted. Is that that the bride of Jesus Christ can say amen to that? Therefore, nothing can harm her. Not even death. What a beautiful word that we receive. Sister Karen, that's your words in this. We are not worthy for anything else. In this world, they consider we're unworthy. We're not worthy to have a good job. We're not worthy to have a church. We're not worthy. We're not worthy for nothing. But God said you are worthy for one thing. You're worthy for the spoken word in this hour. Let us stand. Can we sing the song worthy? 562. Yeah, if you can help me sing it. Brother Ryan, just lead us.
Jesus. You are the worthy one, Lord. It's not our worthiness, but it's your worthiness. It's your worthiness made us a worthy to take the book. It's your worthiness to make us to believe the word, to be counted as a worthy for the word revealed in this hour. Lord, how we love you, Lord. Lord, it doesn't make us a pride, but it just makes us feel so humble. I almost want to find a crack and to hide ourselves. Lord, we're not a worthy. But Lord, you made us a worthy for the spoken word in this hour. Lord, it's not by feeling. It's not by if we can feel it or not. But Lord, you just speak the word and we shall be healed. You just speak the word that we will be delivered. Lord, you take that centurion as our type. Lord, I just pray you made all the believer, all the local body here, whoever hear this word, made it know one thing and believe one thing. Lord, we're worthy for the spoken word that in this hour. How you, all you promised, Lord, that we're worthy to inherit it. Whatever that you said, Lord, we want to believe it. I just pray you to help this, uh, your children, your, the dear sons uh, on this side of the border. Lord, before long, Lord, maybe we're going to cross the border to see it in each other. Lord, to greet each other, to hug each other. Lord, to go to the church and say dinner to the pew again. But Lord, how we longing and yearning for that moment. To not cross the earthly border, but across the, to another side to be forever with you. What a day that will be. What a reunion that will be, Lord. That's all we desire and for. Lord, before we get there, help us on this journey. Lord, you have a sent this messenger. With this message, has it turned our heart. Our heart cannot be turned back to the world anymore. Our heart will be turned to the heavenly. Lord, may you continually speak to us, continually leading us until that day when we see face to face with our beloved Lord. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. Let's sing, He Touched Me. Oh, He Touched Me. He Touched Me. Touch. 
You know, no one can touch the heart of the children like our Lord can touch. And I'm thinking about what the church can touch. And the denomination have a touch. The psychologists, they have a touch. But not nobody can touch the heart of the children. But only He can touch the heart of the children. And He turned our heart toward Him. And I had a request. Uh, <laughs> Brother White, I, I'm longing to hear that song. The fourth man in the fire. Uh, I, I noticed that it must be a short notice for you. But would you be able to sing this uh, for us? And I was just, uh, I was just so longing want to hear that. So, Brother White, if you can just sing that. I will sing together with you when it comes to the chorus uh, or so, if we can. That's the Brother White. Lead us if you can. Thank you.
Jesus. Jesus, that you are the one, Lord, the one we're in charge of fire. But God, you are the one that in every one of our difficult and our trial will give you all the thanks, the Lord. Oh, hallelujah. How worthy you are, Lord. How worthy you are, Lord. Lord, it's just in our hearts. Which is flooded, we will love you, Jesus. How you ever protected all these dear children, Lord? How you ever kept each one of them? Oh God, just continually put them into your bosom, Lord. Lead them and guide them, Lord. Lord, you're the one that can discern to the needs. You're the one that can meet every need. Lord, I just pray for every one of them. Lord, they come to it at a time. That we have to be separated again. Each one going back to their home. I have to cross the border. But Lord, our heart to forever be united together. Lord, we just ask you help us, Lord, to live a life. That every day, daily life. Just like Enoch walking every day. That with our Lord. But one day, it will be the last step. That we will step into the eternity. Lord, until we meet it again. May your keeping power forever keep your little children. We thank you, Lord, and the bless of them, Lord. Give them a double portion of a blessing. Lord, if there is a sick, Lord, you're the healer. Lord, if a person been bind, Lord, you're the deliver. Lord, if a person that in the fire trial, Lord, you're the force man that in that trial, Lord. Lord, we thank you. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Before we go, let's just sing on the winds of a face as we dismiss uh, dismiss it each other. Let's just sing it all together.
other and for all your faithfulness in the last of the year and a half uh, I don't have a, you know me I don't know how to say words I just want to say the best word I can say may the Lord bless you bless you bless each one of you I love you with all my heart until we see each other again in the name of Jesus Christ you're dismissed